Uh-oh, I think it's broke. Look, that thing there is all swoped up. We, we got a pair of pliers and a screwdriver. We can find out. I think we should just start poking stuff. Oh, all right. All right. don't do that, folks. Tune into the Grease Gurus. Don't go to the emergency room. Go to the Grease Gurus and learn why your car might have stopped on the side of the road and what not to touch. On Saturday mornings <laughs> from 10 a.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Ouch, that hurt. Listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage sport and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsport, 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. Louie, have your man go with Mr. Laszlo and take care of his luggage. Certainly, Rick. Anything you say. Try Mr. Laszlo's luggage and put it on the plane. Yes, sir. This way, please. If you don't mind, you fill in the names. That'll make it even more official. You think of everything, don't you? And the names are Mr. and Mrs. Victor Laszlo. But why my name, Richard? Because you're getting on that plane. I don't understand. What about you? I'm staying here with him till the plane gets safely away. No, Richard, no. What has happened to you? Last night, Last you said... Last night, we said a great many things. You said I was to do the thinking for both of us. Well, I've done a lot of it since then. It all adds up to one thing. You're getting on that plane with Victor where you belong. But, Richard, no one... Now, but... you've got to listen to me. Do you have any idea what you'd have to look forward to if you stayed here? Nine chances out of ten, we'd both wind up at a concentration camp. Isn't that true, Louis? I'm afraid, Major Strauss, I would insist. You're saying this only to make me go. I'm saying it because it's true. Inside of us, we both know you belong with Victor. You're part of his work, the thing that keeps him going. If that plane leaves the ground and you're not with him, you'll regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. But what about us? We'll always have Paris. We didn't have, we, we lost it until you came to Casablanca. We got it back last night. When I said I would never leave you. And you never will. But I've got a job to do, too. Where I'm going, you can't follow. What I've got to do, you can't be any part of. Ilza, I'm no good at being noble, but it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. Someday you'll understand that. Now, now. He's looking at you, kid. What was the meaning of that phone call? Victor Lasler is on that plane. Why do you stand here? Why don't you stop him? Ask Monsieur Rick. Get away from that phone. I would advise you not to interfere. I was willing to shoot Captain Renault, and I'm willing to shoot you. Hello. Put that phone down. Get me the radio tower. Put it down. has been shot. Round up the usual suspects. It might be a good idea for you to disappear from Casablanca for a while. There's a free French garrison over at Brazzaville. I could be induced to arrange a passage. My letter of transit? I could use a trip. It doesn't make any difference about our bet. You still owe me 10,000 francs. And that 10,000 francs should pay our expenses. Our expenses? Mm-hmm. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. 
we enter the way back and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hey, so I'm Dennis Cage from my, and that's Stacy David. Just you know, just like 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 Dennis, sonic, hurry! Would you sonic, hurry, Dennis? Sonic bombing this 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 this. <laughs> this, this. But I'm Dennis Cage from my classic car, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. No, you're listening to Nostalgic Radio that's and Cars. That's what I said. Yes, that's, I said Nostalgic. Nostalgic Radio. Ra- you know, Stacy. I, you know, I don't know what to do. You can dress him up, but you can't take him out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why not, man? You're paying this time. Welcome, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host. Let me try that one more time. You know what? We're getting off to a weird start here. Anyway, all right, so. (laughs) Hey, I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google. Man, I'm, wow, am I off sync here. Anyway, all right, uh, I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google, tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, golfstreammotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And don't forget, if you've missed any of our uh, past shows, you can go to our archive page, which is located on our website, Nostalgic Reading Cars. You can hear all 405-plus shows. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we just had our five-year anniversary last week, and our special guest was Dennis Pitsenbarger, and he's the host of the new TV show, Sticker Shock. So Dennis and I go back a few years. Uh, I see him at SEMA all the time. I occasionally see him out at Monterey. Serious car guy pretty serious car guy um racer he's uh probably best known for you know being on a couple tv shows he's also been the uh the occasional mc at sema and uh, a number of automotive events so if you get a chance tune into that show that was a good show we talked about quite a few things he's also a car guy you know he's one of those kind of guys and, and and jokingly we always say you know not a lot of us are well myself excluded nobody's really a celebrity or anything like that i mean there are some celebrities but a lot of the guys that you see on tv are the average joe you know they just got lucky they had a cool show and uh you know they had some youtube videos and then uh, along comes velocity and says hey would you guys uh be interested in being uh you know stars of a new reality show you know automotive related and a lot of times that's how it comes to fruition so whether it's uh um let's say Jared Zimmerman, or it's Kevin Bird, or it's Christy Lee, or it's Jesse Combs, or it's uh, Lou Santiago. Those guys, you know, they're all kind of car guys that just kind of hung around and were doing some stuff, and uh, they just kind of had the right connections. And next thing you know, they wound up as hosts on TV shows, and uh, many of them we wish them luck. And they've all been a guest on our show at one point in time. And it's kind of like a, you know, we talk about SEMA all the time, you know, which is every year in uh, november in 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 las vegas and it's it's called sema and it's the special equipment marketing association so it's the largest um organization that promotes aftermarket automobile parts so it's like a huge convention and keep in mind it's acres and acres and acres there's something like 2500 vendors that show up there something like 300 400,000 people that go through the doors there it starts on a monday actually tuesday officially but monday there's kind of like uh, some stuff going on but tuesday wednesday thursday and friday four days of non-stop car stuff and anybody and everybody that is the who's who in the industry even the average guy um if you're in the automobile business and you have a business license you are because it's b2b which means business to business you're welcome to attend sema and it's just unbelievable it needs to be on your bucket list if you're not in the business and you know somebody who is try to get them to get you a guest pass because if you've never been to sema it's definitely once in a lifetime thing but having said that when we go to when we go to sema all the people that you've heard on my radio show that are on TV, they're all there, and then some. And it kind of becomes like a family. It's a family reunion in a way, you know, because we all know each other. Many of us all started out like right around 2010, 2009, 2011. And uh, a lot of these guys, you know, they were just the average Joe like you and I. And through the miracle of YouTube videos, wound up on TV. So that's pretty cool. And it it just goes to show you, you don't have to be a a major actor or anything like that. You just have to kind of have a little bit of personality and some natural talents and know what you're talking about. And I away you go you 
you know, so it's pretty cool. Speaking of which, now last week we ran the show, we pre-recorded it, and there was a reason for that is because a friend of mine wanted to move to New Mexico, and he needed some help doing that. So he basically persuaded me to leave and drive with him on a four-day road trip from sparkling Pinellas Park, Pennyless Park, we always affectionately refer to it as, and drive for three and a half, four days to someplace near Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, that in itself was an excursion. Now, if you follow my Facebook page, we actually did go through some pretty cool towns, and we roughed it for a day or two. We, we stayed in a motel, and then, uh, and then a couple of nights we crashed in the trucks because when you're on a timetable, you, know, you have to keep going and going and going. But the cool thing about taking these road trips, and I cannot overemphasize how much fun it is to do a road trip and not have a timetable as far as what you're going to do throughout the day, but where you ultimately have to be by a certain day time or certain date, which in my case, I had to be in Albuquerque by thursday because i had a flight back okay so what happens in between was was kind of like potlucks and that's exactly what happened so we left basically on sunday afternoon and we drove up to us 19 and just kind of you know stopped here and stopped there visited some friends on the way in citrus county and hernando county and by the time we got to tallahassee which was sunday night we started developing a little bit of some issues with the transmission well it was bucking the next morning we woke up and uh, right across the street from where we were staying in the hotel there was the tallahassee automobile museum now if you've never been to tallahassee go Knowles. by the way that's for all our Knowles listeners out there our, our our fsu fans there's an amazing automobile museum that's absolutely incredible i cannot overemphasize how cool the Tallahassee Automobile Museum is, Classic Car Museum. It's huge. It's huge. There's probably three, 400 cars in there, motorcycles, boats, outboard engines. Um, there's a bunch of stuff on, on uh, that's indigenous to Florida, for example, like that area. You know, Seminole Indians were kind of like the, one of the predominant tribes roaming the state of Florida back in the 17 and 1800s. And uh, so they've got an exhibit up there. Uh, there's camera artifacts. There's toys. There's knives. There's memorabilia from you know some of the past and present um, politicians. But the cars, the cars are absolutely incredible, and they're laid out really, really nice. So you need to go up there and see the cars and the vintage motorcycles and the vintage lawnmowers. He's just got all kinds of cool stuff. Outboard motor collection, probably the largest I've ever seen, with some very, very rare stuff. So uh, my hats off to uh, Devoe Moore and uh, the rest of the family that uh, run and operate the Tallahassee Automobile Museum. Now, while I was up there, the next day, that day, we went and tried to get the transmission fixed, and they wanted some ridiculous amount of money. Bottom line is we ended up uh, renting a U-Haul truck, putting the car in a trailer, and hauling butt. Now, we lost the day, but you know we drove, that's why you drive through the nights, and you crash in your car, and you drive, and you crash, and you drive, and you crash. And, and you know we stopped at car places. We saw you, – you can't believe the cars that are out west that are just sitting behind buildings, sitting in barns, sitting out, all along the roadsides. It's just absolutely incredible. But when we got to Dallas, I had to make a special stop and see my good friends at Fired Up Garage. Yes, sir. The old Misfits there, Misfit Garage, Tom and the gang. They were all there that night, except for Tom Weeks. He wasn't there, but Tom, you know, heavyset Tom was there, and he was funny. So they were in there working on some stuff. They were stuffing an LS motor in a late model Chevy truck, and then they were rebuilding some other stuff that's going to be on their TV show, so I won't reveal all that. But we hung out there with them for probably about an hour or so, and it was just uh, laughter. But the cool thing was is when we rolled up there, all you saw out front was diesel four-wheel drive trucks. So they had a couple 7.3s and a couple six o's there and it was pretty cool so uh but we jaw jacked for a while and then of course they were ready to turn in for the day so and then by this time it's getting to be like 10 11 o'clock so then my buddy jim and i decided to go over to gas monkey bar and grill yes ladies and gentlemen we went to richard rollins gas monkey bar and grill which wasn't too far out of the way so we went over there and we had a couple burgers and 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 uh and a brew and uh then we hit the road the next day, we stopped in, uh, where we go? Uh, Lubbock, Texas. We had to go through there. And I couldn't believe all the cars that were sitting in the backwoods there, or backwoods, back, backyards in Lubbock, Texas. Amazing. Then we drove for miles and miles and miles, and it's just amazing how expansive Texas is. I mean, you literally saw for miles and miles and miles, and all you saw was a horizon. But when you get out into New Mexico, the high desert, as they call it, it's pretty cool. It was pretty amazing. And uh, and then of course then we wound up in uh, in Albuquerque and just south of there and uh, found uh, met some new friends some new car guys and it's uh, you know the car culture is strong it's alive and well it's all over the country and uh, I was pretty impressed with it I think we're going to queue up something on the uh, 
transistor radio. No, I think we're going to use a phonograph today. Transistor radio's uh, 9-volt battery's not working too well. So uh, let's see. We got a little uh, Ringo Starr, I think. How about It Don't Come Easy, a very fitting song for this past trip, my road trip here. Hey, you're tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars Don't Touch That Dial. We will be right back. We have a special guest for you this evening, so stick around. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Hey everybody, this is Andy Powell, guitarist, Wishbone Ash, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. Yes. Now, I stand corrected. You know, occasionally I do goof up, but uh, one of our avid listeners called me up and reminded me that we have been on the show or on the air for eight years. Now, apparently I said five, so... But, uh, yeah, obviously we sent out an email blast to everybody saying, uh, hey, congratulations, we've been on the air eight years now. So, anyway, okay, so let's do the Florida Car Shows Minute. Now, we got Memorial Weekend coming up, and uh, if you want to find out where all the car shows are, definitely go to floridacarshows.com, flacarshows.com, and you can find out where all the stuff is going on. And of course, this weekend's going to be pretty busy because it's uh, Memorial Day weekend, it's coming up, and there's just a lot of car shows. One in particular is the Bay Life Car Show, 
and craft fair over in Brandon, Florida. But if you want to find out where that is, definitely go to flacarshows.com. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah, this past weekend, my son and I went to St. Augustine because we had the annual motorcycle concourse riding into history now that was a lot of fun and the thing i like about you know keep in mind i'm a bike guy but i'm in the dirt bikes i'm not really in the street bikes and i've been screwing around with bikes since i was a kid and bike guys and car guys pretty much cross over no different than plane guys and boat guys and boat guys and car guys and car guys and plane guys and plane guys and motorcycle guys and you know hey if it's got an internal combustion engine and it's uh spews carbon monoxide and sucks air and and gasoline hey man that's us you know that's the way it works but there's some pretty interesting people there's some amazing bikes over there and it never ceases to amaze me there was a guy that had a 19 i'm gonna think it's a, i'm gonna take a shot at this i think it was like 1909 1910 somewhere pierce motorcycle four-cylinder just the thing about this early mechanical stuff is is that anybody with a little bit of mechanical sense can look at it and you can see totally how it functions. It's not like computers and the internet and all the stuff in space. When I say space, you know, like in air just kind of buzzing around us that you can't figure out, you know, programs and stuff like that, which who knows? That's not me. I like tools. So, you know, and, and mechanical stuff. But he had this 1909, 1910, 1911 Pierce motorcycle. Now, as the story goes, Everybody's familiar with Pierce automobiles. They were the top-of-the-line cars back in the day, like Packards and Cadillacs and just a few years before Lincoln. Um, Rolls-Royce and Mercedes were out at the time as well. And Pierce, one of the sons, as the story goes, decided he liked motorcycles. Now, turn of the century, bicycles were all kind of all the rage. People were experimenting with cars. So naturally, you know, it wasn't a big chore to kind of hang a motor, internal combustion engine, on the side of a motorcycle. And that's basically how the motorcycle was invented. It was a motor that was put on a bicycle, and, you know, they connected the uh, sprocket with chains and belts. And next thing you know, you had a motorcycle. So this Pierce that this gentleman had was absolutely incredible, unrestored, all original. And interestingly enough, he only had history going back 30-some-odd years, and he bought the bike at an auction. And you would be amazed at how valuable some of these bikes are. There's bikes that are out there that are selling, you know, three, four grand, and bikes selling in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands. And particularly since there's a, you know, a very limited production of these, you know, bikes to begin with, and only a handful survived, to be able to find one in preservation or survival condition is is pretty amazing. And uh, it never ceases to amaze me. But there was a couple other guys there. One of my good friends, Doc, he's been on our show. He collects Indians and races Indians all over the world. He's been around for a long time. Another guy, Jack Wells, and he'll be coming on our show here probably over the summer sometime. Huge collector of motorcycles and cars and military, like tanks and trucks and amphibious vehicles and airplanes and boats. So there's a guy that has the whole enchilada. Cars, boats, motorcycles, and aeroplanes. And he's got something like a 15,000-square-foot warehouse where he keeps all his, his goodies. So, But anyway, I think it's about time to uh, get our guests on the phone. So we're going to play another song here. I think we're going to play a little Stevie Vaughan. We're going to speed it up here a little bit. And uh, how about Little Wings? This is uh, some good old Texas Southern rock here. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will. Yes, I promise you. Be right back with our special guest for the evening. <laughs>
Excuse me, sir. Yes. It's the bat phone. To the bat balls. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Sammy Hagar here, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Ah, uh, woo! Good God, woo! Okay, we're back. You tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. Gentleman is yes, 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 a car fanatic, just like myself. But not only that, he's into music, he's into motorcycles, and he is also the producer and host of his own five-day-a-week podcast called Cars. Yeah, I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Mark Green. Mark, how you doing? I am great. How are you, Robert? Pretty good. Wow. You're, you're in your studio, right? I'm studio, yeah. I, I live in my studio, I think. <laughs> Feels like it. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. I'm here for you today. Okay, very good. Well, why don't you go ahead and give us a little background on yourself. Now, you're a serious car guy. Um, start from the beginning. How'd you get hooked on uh, cars? You know, this is kind of, you know, it's almost oh, the... Oh, my gosh. Th- th- it's almost the, the, the mainstay question. How did you get... How did you acquire the disease? I think I was born with it, according to my mother. In fact, uh, people who follow me on my Facebook page have seen a picture of me in a garden Cadillac that my uncle gave me when I was one year old, uh, one of those old, really nice, cool pedal cars. And uh, my mom just said I always was into cars. And when my dad was um, young, and I was probably four, he bought an MGTC. I remember riding around in the left seat because it was a right-hand drive car. He used to he had a spare steering wheel. He would let me hold and pretend like I was driving, and we'd pull up <laughs> next to people and freak them out. And, but uh, I've just always been in cars. Grew up in Southern California, in La Jolla, California. I was a surfer, but I also loved cars. And you ask anybody I went to high school with, I was the only kid who had a car in the parking lot that had a car cover on it. Yeah, a Covercraft car cover from all the way back in 1974. So I, I just always loved cars. I mean... Who can't love cars? They're just, we're on nostalgic radio cars, so we're in the right audience, right? Yeah, a car cover, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did. I covered, I covered my car every day. I have covered my car every day since I was in high school, through college, my whole life. My car sitting in my garage right now with a cover on it. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit of a nutcase when it comes to perfection with my vehicles. Just ask anyone who knows me. Okay, so I, I want to go into the part where I know you were into marketing you work for an advertising firm but later you went into you got involved with Greit's Garage which is Grios. Grios, yeah, I'm Grios. sorry. Yeah, that's okay Grios, everybody yeah I, I worked very okay. hard to get people to say that right <laughs> so that was very fitting for you so I'm assuming that when you had your car in Grios Garage parking lot it probably had a car cover on it during the daytime too right I had a parking spot indoors. Oh. <laughs> okay. I, I, got to, I got to design our corporate headquarters. I had a great project on top of everything else I did. I was the president of the company there, but I was responsible for all the marketing and merchandising. I wore a lot of hats. And I wore so many that I rubbed the hair off my head. That's the <laughs> excuse I used. But, uh, yeah, I designed your new corporate headquarters in Tacoma and uh, made a place like to park my car inside. Because it rains up here in the Northwest, and I don't like that. You know, my car gets dirty. So, But, uh, yeah, I worked for Griot's Garage for 20-plus years. Uh, I had a wonderful time. I got to do so many things. I raced vintage cars for 12 years while I was there. I got to develop the product line and work on so many cool projects. And I was just surrounded by cars. But what's interesting is when I was in junior high, I started actually before that. I think it was 12, 13, 14, I started a car detailing business in my neighborhood. And I did that all the way through college, helped pay for my college education. And then I ended up back after 11 years of being a creative director and an ad exec at an ad agency in San Diego, ended up at this startup called Grio's Garage. And they wanted to develop a whole product line of car care products. And that was perfect for me because I'd had wax under my fingernails for 10 years at that point, probably longer. So, yeah, I ended up there. I was there for 20-plus years. Uh, very proud of what I helped do with that business. And uh, then I left and took some time off, and then I thought I'd start this crazy thing called a podcast, Cars Yeah, and that's what brings us there today. And I don't want to forget, before we finish today, Robert, I have a scoop for you okay. that nobody else knows. So 
maybe a little bit later we'll uh, we'll reveal the secret of the next step for cars. Yeah, because it's pretty exciting. Okay, excellent. Now, your little what got you into the? Let me ask you this. So yep. you're a surfer, and now I would even though I I grew up in Northern California and we used to go to Santa Cruz and a few places like that. Oh, yeah. We also come down to you, and surfers are used to waxing their boards. Okay, so yeah. were you a surfer before you got in the cars? I mean, it's kind of a you're if you're down in La Jolla, you're right there on the coast anyway, a lot closer oh, yeah. than we were. And uh, so let me guess. So you probably had a skateboard because that's what starts the whole thing. You get a skateboard, <laughs> oh, and then yeah. you go to surfing because we yeah. think because we can run a skateboard and ride a skateboard in the gutter during the rain. That makes us surfers. You know, that's at least what I thought. <laughs> and so yeah. did the did the waxing the surfboard kind of like get you going into the the waxing the the bicycle and the maybe the motorcycle and maybe the car maybe the guitar all that kind of stuff. I mean, was yeah. there is there a connection there? Am I on the right track? Well, I did play the guitar, and I did wax my guitar, so, yeah. I don't know if there's a connection with the wax or not, but, I, you know, I, my mom encouraged that I take good care of my things. Okay. And she instilled in me that you take care of your things, and, and it's stuck with me ever since. You, you take care of the things you work very hard for. My dad instilled in me a great uh, ethical, moral dilemma of... of uh, Saving up until you can buy what you really like. Don't just go get something. Save up and get what you really want and then take care of it because it'll last a long time if you buy things of quality. But, yeah, the skateboard, I started with that. I started with um, not surfing but belly boarding. And back in the day before there was any of these foam boogie boards, there were these things called belly boards, which are made out of fiberglass with a fin just like a surfboard, but they were small. And then you get to be a knee boarder. Okay. And then you finally get to be a stand-up surfer, and that's what I did. Learned how to surf on the beach down there in Del Mar and Tourmaline and in Bird Rock. And but you know, cars were always in the background for me. I, I just I had all the Matchbox. I still have them all, by the way, and the Hot Wheels. And I just I just loved cars. I loved the things that were mechanical. I loved German cars. We had a we lived in in La Jolla, which was a nice affluent neighborhood, and there were a lot of people whose friends of mine's dad had very cool cars. And every time I'd go to a friend's house, the first place I'd go would be the garage. And that's where I would hang out because some of the cars that some of my friend's dads had were just amazing vehicles. So I think they were hand-in-hand. I love the outdoors. I love the sports. Played sports in high school and junior high and uh, loved music, you know, played the guitar and played in some rock band stuff. And But cars have always been the mainstay for me. Love automobiles and motorcycles. I, I like motorbikes too. So, what's funny you mentioned the garage because you know, and, and I was reading your bio and the similarities between you and I are just incredible. But, and <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know if it's a California thing or not. You know, because you mentioned garages. You know, because we, we lived in uh, San Rafael, and it was a, it was a pretty nice area too. And there was always somebody that had a really cool car, whether it was a, an old vintage Porsche, a Jaguar. You know, it could have been a Cadillac, could have been a Lincoln, could have been a Thunderbird, could have been anything. But the funny thing is because I did the exact same thing. I would always go over and look at the cool cars. The other thing that was going on at that time, and you mentioned music because I played music too back then, and I was also into guitars. We had a lot of garage bands. So if yep. you hung out with, you know, let's say you were seven or eight years old or nine years old, chances are the guy you were hanging out with, your buddy, had an older brother or older sister. And chances are they were playing music. And you just that's how we kind of gravitated to it, hence the term garage bands. They're, everybody did something in the garage because mom and dad yep. didn't want the noise in the house. And yep. uh, so the cars got moved out, the, the musical instruments, the drums got set up, the amplifiers got set up, wires all over the place. And we were jamming, you know, and uh, so that that's pretty cool. And oh yeah, so yeah, we did the same thing. I loved it. It was it was great. And I'll tell you, one of the kids I went to high school with ended up going on to major stardom, and that was Rob Crosby, who became Robin Crosby of Rat, the oh, rock really? band. Remember the eighties? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Rob uh, Robin went on to. I mean, he's one of those guys that comes back to your ten year reunion, a rock star. And, you know, <laughs> all, the guys, all the guys go. Oh man, he really made it, and all the women are swooning all over him. And yeah, he really became a really famous guy. Sadly, passed away uh, in young life. Uh, the rock star thing uh, got him. But yeah, it's uh, you know music and surfing and cars. I mean, there's all kind of a blending there in Southern California. It was just a really wonderful place to grow up. It was it was so nice. How did you end up in marketing? 
Well, I studied marketing in college. I uh, went to school at UCSD in San Diego State, where I met my wonderful wife, Jill. We've been married for 34 years now. She's put up with this car thing that I have. She always knows where to find me. I'm always in the garage, so that's the easy part. I, I was always interested in marketing and advertising and design, and I studied graphic design, advertising, and marketing. Got out of college, got a job with an advertising firm, very small company, and I was a paste-up artist. This was way before computers, showing my age here a little bit. And I worked there for 11 years, and when I was there for about a year, I asked my boss, I said, you know, how can I make more money? He said, well, bring work in. So two days a week, I'd put a suit on. I'd go downtown San Diego, knock on doors, and try to land accounts. And that's how I did it. So for 11 years, I brought work in. I designed work. We grew the agency. It got to be a really nice size. But one of the new accounts I landed was Grio's Garage. They were a startup. They, uh, Richard Grio mailed me his very first catalog. And so I called on him, landed the account, started work with him. We became friends. And then uh, asked me to join the company. So that's what I did. And he drugged me kicking and screaming up here to the Pacific Northwest where it rains every day. But uh, in hindsight, this is a great place to raise my kids and uh, spent, like I said, 20-plus years there helping build that brand. So I've always been in design, and if you go to my Carja website, everything there I designed, all the pictures I shot, all the copy I wrote. So I have that marketing background so I can kind of pitch myself and promote the Carja brand to people, and that's what I've been doing for the last three and a half years. And, of course, Rob was my 1,036th guest. He ran the show just last week which was very cool, and I really appreciate it. It's a great show, and you can go and listen to his show on his show notes page on the Car Show website. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of people I've talked to in, in less than four years. It even blows me away sometimes. Now, let's go back to um, um, Northwest there. From, and and, I, and you're, you, you probably obviously read uh, Bring a Trailer like I do, Bring a, uh, Bat, you know, Bring a Trailer.com, the website. Oh, God. Randy I'm, Nonnenberg makes us insane, doesn't he? He does. I mean, he's Oh, God. Yeah, and and he's and then and BAT is based out of San Francisco, I believe. And yep. but what amazes me is the cars that are in California, Oregon, and well, not so much California. We know that that's a given. But Oregon and 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 Washington State and and over in Idaho, the rust-free, really cool cars, survivor yep. cars that are in your that that tri-state area. That's that's just boggles my mind. When I came up here, we moved the business up here, Creos Garage, and I was really worried because one of my many roles there was responsible for those beautiful cover cars that are on those catalogs. And we had so many cars to choose from down in the San Diego area, Los Angeles area. And I thought, we're going to come up here. Nobody's going to have a cool car. I couldn't have been more wrong. I got linked in with so many cool people up here that had incredible collections. Uh, amazing collections. I met so many cool people that have become friends. I started vintage racing. I did that for 10, 12 years. Uh, I know one of the guys uh, listening right now, my good buddy Bill, uh, raced with me. He is a car collector. He's got some beautiful cars. And the car culture up here in the Pacific Northwest, even though we've got rain four or five months of the year, is still pretty amazing. And they have these, this big event called Exotics at Redmond Town Center that's every Saturday during the spring and summer that you cannot believe the cars that show up. I mean, it's just as good as any cars and coffee you would see down in Southern California. Brand new LaFerraris, Lamborghinis, classic cars. They have special days, Ferrari days, Porsche days. I mean, and hundreds and hundreds of people show up. When the sun comes out like it is today, the cars come out, and it's just amazing. There's a lot of money up here with all these big tech companies. Interesting. Speaking of which, you mentioned your friend who's probably listening. I got a call from uh, one of your other listeners over here in Atlanta, uh, Harry Cricks. And, oh, Harry, yeah. He's yeah. Get on the show. Yes, yeah. and we were talking a little bit about the Atlanta Concourse. So basically, at the end of the discussion, I pretty much invited him to come on my show when they get ready to do their show in uh, their their concourse up in Atlanta, just outside of Atlanta, Brazelton, I think it is. They're near Road Atlanta. Yes. And that yeah. is the end of September. Now, this is the third year, and I'm well aware of the show. I've never been able to make it because at the same weekend, we have the Clearwater Superboat races. And I'm always involved yeah. with that. So I've always had, up until this day, a scheduling conflict. But uh, if I can work it out this year, maybe, I'd love to try to attend it. But uh, Harry and I had a long talk and he spoke very very highly you and he enjoys coming on your show well i've done some really cool cross marketing with a whole bunch of concord events around the world probably over a dozen 
And what I do is I bring their people onto my show. I get all their sponsors on my show. We do a week-long promotion of that event. Then I get to go to the event. I get to be a part of it. It's uh, Yeah, there are so many concourse. You could go to a concourse every weekend the entire year around this world and still have more shows to see. Now, I made this comment to Harry, and now, no disrespect to anybody that has local car shows, and, and I truly enjoy cars and coffees, but there's a lot of shows that they just, uh, you know, they're just kind of, they just exist, if you know what I mean, you know? But when you go to a concourse, or you go to these, and I, and I talk about these on my show as well, I cannot overemphasize people need to go to these concourses because you get a chance to see some of the most incredible, amazing cars, meet incredible oh, yeah. people, everybody is approachable, and you, and it's the and it's almost like it's an education process because not only do you see these really, really cool cars and many of them very historic, but the people and, and, and interacting yeah. with these people. It's like, it's like uh, you know, you're on a little different intellect level, and, and, but the people are so proud of their cars. They love to talk and they love to share their experiences and their knowledge of these cars. And one thing just leads to another. I mean I'm sure you have the same experiences, right? Oh, here's what I tell everybody. I've talked to 1,035 people now in less than four years. And there's some things you learn when you talk to that many people about cars. And one of the things is cars cross all socioeconomic barriers. It doesn't matter. You can walk up to a guy who's dirt poor, saved his whole life, and has that car at the show, or a billionaire, and they're going to be the same kind of guy. They're going to tell you about their car. They're going to share stories. They're going to ask you about your car. It is an industry unlike any other industry, I believe, that crosses all barriers, races, politics. None of that comes up at a car show. It's just about the cars. If it rolls on rubber, we love it. And, you know, I was talking about some of the car shows I've been involved with, and I will be this year. I've got the Concourse Swiss coming up in a couple weeks, Forest Grove, which is an Oregon Concours, Ironstone, which is beautiful show that takes place in the mountains. Keels and Wheels just took place in Texas, the La Jolla Concours, my hometown Concours, the New England Concours, of course, Pebble Beach. I'm going to be helping them again this year. Telluride, those are just a few. And Amelia, of course, that just happened earlier this year. I've been involved with them for the last couple of years. There are so many, but here's the key. When you go to a car show, a couple of things I tell people. Take a young kid with you. Maybe his parents aren't into it, but take a young kid with you to open his eyes to the hobby but all you have to do is go up to a car and just ask the person tell me about your car and i guarantee you they'll talk until your ears bleed (laughs) because they love their car that's just part of their life and they they're so happy that you're interested and they're approachable it's the same with vintage racing you can go into the pits talk to the guys you can even sometimes they'll even let you sit in their cars i raced vintage cars for 12 years i can't tell you how many kids i put in my race car and i know that made an impression when you put your helmet on their head and they sit there and just went man i want to do this someday it truly is and and again that's why i put a lot of emphasis on these these specialty shows because you do have and again you're right and the 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 cross section of people that are that are involved with cars, motorcycles, boats, all that kind of stuff. It's like one commonality yeah. there. And mm-hmm. uh, but it seems that when you get to the, the 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 next level, the mindset is just the the passion is the same. The passion is the same regardless. It's just that the caliber of cars that you see are so different, and and they're the cars that you actually read about and see in a magazine. You know, now granted, yeah. you, you know when we go to the, I, I'm a member of the British Car Club, the German Car Club around here, and some of the other, and I go to a lot of events. I truly enjoy cars and coffees type events, and the reason I like those is because they're casual meetups, and you, yeah. and then you kind of pick a group and you kind of hang out with the guys that have more in common with you than 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 some of the other people, you know, and and that's just kind of the way it works, you know. You just kind of gravitate a little bit, but. But but overall, everybody kind of gets together, you know. One of the things that I've noticed, and you talked about this, you know, bringing a kid, getting the younger kids involved. And as an old school style hot rodder, I, for the longest time, I could not, I could not get into the tuners, okay, and the and these newer cars. <laughs> I finally, one day, my son and I were at a Cars and Coffee, and this guy shows up with this Saturn, with his. And it looked kind a of sick. A Saturn, yeah, of all cars, a Saturn. Uh, it was the the Roadster. Which one's that called? Um, the Saturn Roadster. Remember they came out with that for a very short period of time. Sol- Solstice or something like that. 
I and believe so. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Not big, okay. I'm not a big follower of those things. <laughs> well, here it is. So he's in there. He, he rolled, and I see him kept pulling in and out of the parking lot, and, and I hear a lot of noise, and I didn't pay much attention to it. The guy that was putting on the event was pretty much into uh, high-end German cars, Audis and, and, and Bimmers and stuff like that. But he says, yeah, you got to go check that car out. And I said, well, why is he making so much noise? He says, go check it out, and you'll find out. When I get over there, I see he's got the suspension's all been modified. The wheels are hanging off the side of that thing. It, it's kind of tricked out pretty pretty cool. He pops the hood, and he's got a 600-horsepower, 700-horsepower twin-turbo Toyota engine in it, and it's modified. It finally, and then everybody else comes around, and they start telling me about all their cars. So then here I am, this old guy with long hair, and, and I, all I do is know how to work on carburetors and, and set points. And, uh, and, and I finally figured out what it is, is these are modern-day hot rodders, and they're hot rodding their cars with what they have, no different than you and I had small block Fords or Chevrolets or Mopar engines or something like that, and we were hot rodding cars back in the day. And the generation before us, you know, they had Model A's and flatheads and, and inline sixes and stuff like that. So it's really cool to be able to draw that parallel, and I finally figured it out. So when you're hanging around other hot rodders, young kids doing the stuff that they're doing, I truly appreciate it, and I go, okay, now I get it. That makes a lot of sense. And we need to... Pr- promote that more because we basically are a huge community a huge car family and uh you know and and i'm sure you go through the same thing so that's the the kind of like it's the non-concourse guy but it's like the local car car guys that have their own little kind of like the thing going on which is kind of like what we did back when we were you know beginners in the in in the hobby so to speak now you're i think you're thinking of the saturn sky is that right maybe that's what it is yeah yeah that's called the sky yeah that's called the sky yeah, exactly, and it, it needs a bigger motor. That's for sure. It did. <laughs> well, it was kind of a cool yeah. car. I don't know why I was thinking Solstice, unless that was something else. But uh... well, it could be. But yeah, it's the sky you're talking about, and uh, yeah, I, I've seen that even with British cars. And now I know you're an Austin Healy guy from way back. Yep. Because uh, I believe when you're on my show, we talked about that Austin Healy. But there's a local guy up here in the Northwest who has an MGB with a small block V8 Chevy engine in it. And you wouldn't even know it when you walked up to the car until he turns the key. And it's like, oh, my gosh. It, it is such a clean installation. So nice. The car looks all original. But it goes a lot faster than the original four-cylinder motor that was in that, that little MGB. So, yeah, it's, there's lots of stuff you can do. You know, it, that's, again, the fun part of the car hobby. There's so many facets and angles to it. And I always tell people, too, get involved in forums. If you want to get involved in a certain mark of car, get involved in forums because now there's so much information out there. You can start looking for cars. Uh, people will help you find vehicles. It's a wonderful community. It really is. Well, yeah, and then that's a way to kind of get your uh, your feet wet a little bit. And, that's what the, and that, I think, is the, the, the beauty of the, of the local car shows because I think that's what gets the interest going. And, yeah. uh, and, 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 and the average guy, it, it basically says, just like you said, even like when you're in a concourse, whether you have a, a $5,000, a $500 car or a $5 million car, you're, you're a car guy and it's a, it's a relative term, you know, and you're just as mm-hmm. proud of your 500 or $5,000 car as you are of your $5 million car. And, and, and both people want to share. And that's the cool thing about right. it. And, and yeah. we've got to keep the hobby going. Uh, well, definitely. And the other thing I always tell people is find museums because almost any major city in the U.S. has a car museum. We have the LeMay Museum, which is our local museum here, and then the, the LeMay Family Museum. Harold LeMay, who was known at one point as the Guinness Record Book Holder of the most cars of anybody in the world, has uh, there's two museums under his name here. And it's so fascinating to go in and see the cars, and they have car shows and things. I'm going to be a host at several of their shows this summer, an MC at some of the shows they have out on the lawn. And I, I just love it. It's just a nice camaraderie, good way to get together with people. But museums, you can learn a lot about the history, and there's so many cool museums. I have a whole category of my podcast guests that are museum directors that you can go and listen to what they have to say from all over the world. So everywhere you go, I can see it in my Facebook pages. I'm going to Rome. What car museums should I go see? And everyone will pop in and send you to a place. It's, uh, it's just so cool how we're all connected right now in this world and on these little funny devices we carry around in our pockets. Well, we got a minute or two left, but uh, talking about the LeMay Museum now, uh, is it true that there's thousands and thousands of cars in that collection? Well, there were. There were, uh, okay. The, the, the LeMay America's Car Museum is an offshoot of the LeMay Family Museum. They're two separate museums okay. now. 
So they got rid of a lot of the cars and kept the best, and some new cars have come in. So there are not thousands, but at one time, I believe he had over 3,500 cars. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, but it's a great museum to go to. Both of them are fantastic, and uh, you can look them up online and check them out. But I don't want to run out of time before I tell you about my scoop, okay. Robert. you got two minutes left. Can you do it in two minutes? You got it. I can do it in two minutes. Yeah, I want to announce something very cool. Cars, okay. yeah, is going to TV. I'm going to start a TV show this fall on Mad TV. Uh, this is a really exciting time for me. I'm going to be able to take my show on the road, go to all these people's places, meet with them, show my listeners what I've been talking about. We're producing a TV show that will start in the fall, like I said, on Mad TV. I'll be doing a lot more announcements, but you are the first guy to publicly hear this. So uh, I'm very, very excited. There'll be news and things coming up. You can follow me on Cars Yeah. And I want to tell your listeners, too, I want to give them also. If they go to the Cars Yeah website and click on my free book button, I'll give them my free filler-up book. It's a very cool e-book that I designed and produced, and you can be a subscriber. And I do giveaways on the Cars Yeah website all the time. Very cool giveaways that my my guests bring on, like books. And last year I gave away a full leather car interior, all sorts of cool stuff. So just go to CarsYeah.com and click on the free book button, and you'll be subscribed. And, of course, you can find Cars Yeah on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Spotify, and, of course, all the shows, including Robert M's show, is on the Garcia website. He was guest number 1,035. But, yeah, that's my scoop today. What do you think? I think congratulations would be in order. I wish you the best of luck. It's funny you mentioned that because we had talked about that many, many, many years ago. But you're going to do it. I'm happy for you. If you come to Florida, you make sure you look me up because I would love to be a guest on your TV show. (laughs) Absolutely, Robert. I want to thank my special guest this evening, Mark Green, producer and host of Cars Yeah. Don't forget to look him up. In the meantime, Mark, take care. We'll see you at some of the car shows. And I want to thank all my listeners for tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Car here on the Tantalk Radio Network every Tuesday night between 7 and 8 p.m. Don't forget to tell your friends the most fascinating and legendary people in motorsports right here on the Tantalk Radio Network at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And I hope to see you guys at some of the car shows. Don't forget to check out floridacarshows.com. I expect to see you guys at some of those car shows. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.